Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan, and I'm Dean of the Chapel at Houghton. As always, I'm glad to speak with you today. And uh, this is Thursday, April 1st, and we are having our last podcast for the week today. We ordinarily go Monday through Friday, but tomorrow we have no classes, and we um, just will take a day off from the podcast here for Good Friday. But today is Maundy Thursday, a day of um, remembering Jesus' command he gave to his disciples to love one another and to live as one. And so um, we... You know, many Christians will gather today in communion services if they're allowed to have communion in the various contexts they're in during COVID, but that's the kind of traditional uh, Maundy Thursday observance. For our text, uh, we'll be focusing on, uh, we have through this week, on the Passion Narratives, the story of Jesus' passion and death. And as always, three texts. I've been commenting this week on the New Testament text, the Gospel text. So today's readings are Psalm 22. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, and Matthew 27, 45 to 66. And again, reading some from Matthew. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, this man is calling for Elijah. At once, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now, When the centurion and those with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, Truly this man was God's son. Many women were also there looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And we'll just cut off there. Uh, The text goes on for the day and talks about Jesus burial and the placing of a guard at the tomb. But this is the part I'd like to focus on today, particularly just the the signs and wonders that accompany Jesus' death. You know, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and the world is turned upside down. The dead are raised. There are, the tombs are opened, and, and bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep are raised, and people are walking around the city. They come out of the tombs and appear to people in the city. So there's obvious, obviously something here that is different, um, different than an ordinary criminal's death. Um, you know, these things happen and uh, it stuns everyone. It, it even speaks to, uh, you know, the, not only these things, but just the, the earthquake and, and other, you know, everything that's taken place, even the impious centurion, the person who doesn't really recognize, has no reason to recognize anything special in this criminal, even he realizes truly this man 
was God's son, which is again another one of these ways that we see, as we did uh, yesterday in the te- or uh, Monday in the text, just how often, or I guess it was Tuesday, sorry, <laughs> so we see just how often um, Jesus, you know, surprising people announce Jesus as king and recognize who he is. So, you know, the idea of Jesus as king is constantly on Pilate's lips. And here again, we see the centurion recognizing that he's God's son, even when people who should have recognized that did not. You know, obviously, Jesus' death is extraordinary. Um, But, you know, having sat with a number of grieving families as um, their loved ones have died, um, it's, it's amazing how every death is kind of ordinary and extraordinary all at once, right? Like... Uh, our bodies give out and die. That's just what they do. And in some cosmic way, that's because of the presence of sin in the world. We know that God has not uh, intended us to be time-bound in quite this way. Um, but here we are uh, in, a, in a broken place. So in a way, that's normal. That That's the one thing that, that me and you and everyone listening to this podcast and everyone around the world has in common, you know, that we, we will die. Our bodies give out and die. And yet every death really does turn someone's world upside down, right? Like every death, uh, it, you know, impacts somebody very deeply and makes it hard for that person to go on, uh, is, is um, cataclysmic for someone. You know, it, hopefully this doesn't sound overly morbid, but, but reading about the death of Jesus makes me reflect on my own death, my own mortality. And I hope that in my own death, and I hope that in, in the death of God's people as we die, that we reflect the death of Jesus. And um, what I mean by that is, you know, as people, you know, when the time comes for me to die, when people reflect on my life, who I've been, when people reflect on whatever impact is made by my passing, and as people watch me as I, like Jesus, deal with the powerlessness uh, that comes with, you know, if my if my life follows a typical American trajectory, as I grow older and as I weaken, um, perhaps get sick and and lose the lose the ability to do things. I hope, I hope that that I uh, mimic Jesus' example as he too had less and less control over his situation. And and I hope that they're able to see ways that I have helped them, both in the active things I've done and in my even in my dying, help them to reconcile their relationship with God. You know, I hope that they're able to see something in me um, that points them to the God who made me, loves me, made and loves them, and created all of us for eternity with him. So this is, you know, for whoever that might be, you know, that's no cataclysmic than, than a giant curtain tearing from top to bottom. <laughs> That's no less earth-shattering, no less, uh, you know. It means telling the truth about who we have been and demonstrating through our life that, uh, and in our death, an acceptance of God's grace, right? This realization that, that who I am living and who I am dying have a kind of consistency to them because I recognize God's grace and presence throughout all of it. So I hope that in my life and even in my death, I show people a life beyond this one, like a life that they they might scarcely know is possible now. And, you know, I, I can start doing that now here in 
you know, in some ways being 43 is I'm weaker than I was when I was 22, but in some ways 43 just feels like the peak of life to me. Like I'm, I'm young enough and strong enough to go run five miles without really thinking about it. Um, but I'm old enough to have learned some things and, you know, right now I, I, there's so much I can do. And, uh, I hope that in my doing, I show people Jesus. And I hope that when I'm not able to do and others do to me, that I also show people Jesus. And, um, you know, in that way, I hope that, even though I do not hope to die a martyr in the classic sense of the word, you know, the idea, the, the etymology of the word martyr means witness. And part of what made the disciples and the early Christian martyrs so powerful is that their death was a witness to the reality of Christ. And I hope that's true of me. As I watch Jesus die, so confident that his life will be restored to him, uh, I too can die with that same kind of peace and that same kind of power. God, we uh, are so thankful that we worship you, a God who longed to enter into all of human existence, even into death, and death in a way that likely I nor anybody listening to this podcast will enter into. Uh, and you chose to go there and to be with us, to share all of our existence with us, and to make it possible for us to, uh, to live with you and to be restored to the kinds of creatures we were made to be. We pray over God, uh, pray over this holy season that you would um, impress on us your deep love for us, demonstrated on the cross, and that you'd lead each of us to a stage of acceptance of that love and living further and further into that love so that we can show the world uh, that love and help them to know your deep care for them. We ask all this through Christ. Amen. Well, everyone, it's been a pleasure to share with you this week uh, on the the passion narratives. Uh, we'll be back next week on Monday morning, on Easter Monday, and we will uh, spend next week talking about the resurrection passages. So the theme for the week next week is He is Risen Indeed, and I'll look forward to sharing with you then. Until then, have a wonderful uh, holy, holy weekend here, Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, and I will talk to you Monday. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.